I just now feel like stable. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I know God, he's my rock. I know what he says about me, yeah. but I still have my moments mm-hmm. when I'm like, am I safe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. There's a, there's a guy. He's looking after me. He's looking after my daughter. There are still moments when I can feel the anxiety rise up at night or in a short nap. It, just a small little moment. Yeah. I'm like, oh gosh, am I going to be able to go to sleep? Am I going to be, I'm really tired. If I don't go to sleep, that I mean, it's just, it's the daily day walk. Yeah. And um, it could potentially not get easy. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. okay. You're listening to God Hears Her, a podcast for women where we explore the stunning truth that God hears you, he sees you, and he loves you because you are his. Find out how these realities free you today on God Hears Her. Welcome to God Hears Her. I'm Erin Eddy. And I'm Elisa Morgan. And today we want to revisit a best of episode on brokenness. So consider this, what brokenness or broken people have you experienced in your life? Let's re-listen to our conversation with Tony Collier as she reminds all of us that our past doesn't have to define us. Instead, even our brokenness can be redeemed by God and used for His glory and our good. I'm especially excited to listen to this episode of God Hears Her Again because Tony Collier is one of my best friends in life. She was there for me in some of my darkest times and I've been able to walk with her in some of hers. Tony is a communicator, a host, and a consultant at North Point Ministries. She's also known for her vibrant personality, charisma, and all-around welcoming spirit, which definitely comes out in today's episode. And she is the creator of a women's ministry called Broken Crayons Still Color, a place for women to be reminded that our past doesn't define us. So let's get to our conversation with Tony Collier. This is God Hears Her. There is a balance between being imperfect and striving for perfection. And I think the middle is hard to sit in. How do we balance that? And I think sometimes we can fall into this idea of, I mean, we're so imperfect that there really isn't much that we can do. And I think also, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I think trauma and hard experiences, they, they rob us of something, especially mm. as kids. That's interesting. Um, yeah. We lose the yeah. awe and the wonder and the discovery and the bigness of God because yeah. of how big our, our trials and tribulations have been. And so then we just, I mean, for me, financial poverty, relational poverty, spiritual poverty. Yeah. When you experience those things, it makes God so much smaller. And so then we don't think there's enough available for us to win and to prosper Mm -hmm. and to blossom and to be happy sometimes even. So would you say that um, our family dynamics or things that have happened to us or we've found ourselves making wrong choices, all of those things lead us to a space of brokenness? Man. Okay, I'll start with a story. I was at the Dove Awards two years ago. Um, Beth Moore was sitting a few rows from me and I'm like fangirling on the inside taking a selfie of (laughs) your mom and you and Beth (laughs) and I mean I almost broke my neck trying to see her on the (laughs) was she gonna go to the bathroom should I go to the bathroom you know but also I was just like I'm not gonna show it like I'm too cool you know but my husband knew because I was going through one of her studies at the time with my counselors called so long insecurity you've been Mm. a bad friend to us yeah 
And it it was wrecking me and changing me and healing these broken places. And mm-hmm. so my husband said, you need to go up, talk to her afterwards. I was like, no, oh my gosh, no, 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 no. He's like, you're going to go up. I'm like, no, I'm, not. I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> and he's husband. like, Beth. I'm like, no. <laughs> and she turns around. Mm. And I was like, hey. <laughs> and my husband was like, this, you know, this is my wife. And she's going through your, you know, study right now. And mm. and then she she touches me on my arm. And she said, you know, for some of us girls, mm. It's just going to be hard. Mm. She said, you know, you'll look to your left and your right. You'll make the mistake of looking left and right. And um, you'll compare yourself to people whose stories may not be as hard as yours. And you'll be like, well, why, God, why are you doing that through them in that way? Why is it so easy for them? And I mean, I know they have some imperfections, but gosh, Mm -hmm. they didn't go through what I went through and the trauma. And she said, but but God does something so great in the valleys. Hmm. And it was from that moment when... I looked back at my story and was appreciative of my brokenness mm-hmm. and because I wore a different armor. Mm-hmm. I had a more of a confidence walking into it, knowing, hey, my story, it just may be hard for me. Yeah. And um, that was a, a changing point in my life because the 25 years preceding that moment with Beth um, was just brokenness. In the third grade, my mom had a massive stroke paralyzed on her left side she was the breadwinner Mm. she had the degree my dad did not so he went to work and was just totally absent and did your mom recover so here's the story girlfriend just one thing after the other medically and so I ended up taking care of my mom from third grade um, eight years old all the way up to maybe about high school when I graduated high school and my two older brothers we were a blended family they went to live with their moms because my mom was now disabled so she couldn't do all the things that she used to be able to do so our family broke apart my dad was verbally abusive and I'm just a hard man never proud and so there was some validation issues Mm. there so much insecurity and my counselor calls it parentified child syndrome, mm. where there's this natural progression where, you know, parents meet kids um, and you, you kind of flip it on mm. its head. And then you kind of start taking care of the parent. Well, mine happened so early so young. that all of my awe and my wonder yeah. as a child just, mm. I mean, disappeared because I had to uh, run the house and you take had to care be of her. The parent. I had to be the parent. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, but gosh, such a walking miracle my mom is. And I mean. She went to therapy, got her, you know, feeling back in her left side and started walking again. And we found blood clots and we got rid of those. Oh and she goodness. lost her large intestine. And miraculously, she could survive off of her small intestine. I mean, it was just like one thing after the other. And it was just hard. I felt so unprotected my entire life. Like I wasn't safe. Um, like the only one that was protecting me was me. Mm. And, <laughs> you know, ended up with so many validation issues. And, and at 13, I lost my virginity in high school. Wow. Guy was uh, sexually manipulative. He was 18. Mm. And, you know, went through that and stayed with the guy. And he cheated on me with my best friend and, and mm. ended up leaving my parents' house at 16, thinking I was going to marry this guy. Mm. And uh, put myself through college, kind of separated myself from my family because it was such a broken place. My brothers yeah. got on drugs and we would have nights where we'd have to go get him out of the crack house. And I mean, it was just, I mean, just brokenness, mm-hmm. one thing after the mm-hmm. other. And went to college. Graduated in three years. Uh, at 19 years old, I was supposed to go to law school, broke up with that guy. I'm like, I'm back. I'm going to do it. But what really was com- cultivating in me was a performer's heart hmm. where I just felt like I had to achieve to be for have to have someone be proud of me. Mm-hmm. And I pinged back and forth between validation from men and drugs and alcohol to, well, let me just do the best that I can and everyone will love me and was supposed to go to law school. But Pinged up on the validation thing again and met this guy in college, dated him for for three months, and then moved with him to Atlanta. 
I left Texas. I was like, I'm not going to go to law school. Yep. I'm going to start a family. Ended up being an abusive situation, very oh verbally gosh. abusive. There was some physical, a lot of jealousy there. And man, it just, it, one thing after the other type thing. And uh, ended up getting a divorce and going to a church, getting saved and getting hurt by the church too. Oh, wow. So uh, very spiritually manipulative. So there was a lot of hurt. Um, oh, yeah. Oh so when gosh. Beth Moore told you mm-hmm. that you had this flashback of yep. up to 13 till that point. Yeah. And it was like, oh, it's not all in vain. Mm-hmm. I have to use this story. Thought I was going to leave ministry. God scooped me right back up and was like, no, I want to use that broken place. So how did you get yeah. from the place of going, this stuff disqualifies me <laughs> yeah. to yeah. this stuff actually Qualify find my story even more. Mm-hmm. And when we come back, Tony will answer Lisa's question about how God led her to the realization that brokenness doesn't disqualify her, but instead qualifies her and you to make a difference in the lives of others. That's coming up on God Hears Her. If you haven't already joined the God Hears Her email newsletter, now is the perfect time. Sign up today and we'll send you a free digital e-booklet called Longing to Love Us. You'll see how one woman came to understand the personal love of her Heavenly Father and how He lavishly loves each one of us as well. Go to GodHearsHer.org and sign up today. That's GodHearsHer.org. Now. Back to the show. Here's Tony as she answers the question, how did God lead you to the realization that your brokenness didn't disqualify you, but qualified you to share your story and make a difference in the lives of others? This is God Hears Her. I thought I was done with ministry. Mm-hmm. I, I, a super broken church, and um, the leader there was just uh, so spiritually manipulative, and I ended up leaving, and... I said, well, that's it. I started working for Girl Scout Corporate. Hmm. I'm like, it's all good. I'm going to be in the nonprofit space. I can Mm -hmm. still do good in the world. And ended up at Buckhead Church for a meeting that someone asked me to come and creatively speak into. And my now husband was there and literally said, you're supposed to be in ministry. And I'm supposed to help you. And I'm like, well, that's really interesting because I'm divorced. And I've got a whole bunch of baggage. And... I don't even know if I believe in the church anymore and ended up getting me connected with North Point Ministries under the leadership of Andy Stanley. And it changed my life. Mm. They believed in me, gave me baby steps to get back into the faith and stage. I was a youth pastor before I was ordained. I was doing all sorts of public ministry and North Point gave it back to me. And even more than that, they gave it back to me with the knowledge that I had so much baggage. Mm -hmm. And it, and I guess it just, the local church same, saved me for the big C church. And I, I just, every time I started telling my story, it was as if God was like, well, do it a little bit more. Mm. Do it a little bit more. See how people respond. Mm. And I'm in these healthy environments and I'm getting this new healthy community and people are like, that's amazing. Say more. Hmm. Tell it again. Tell it again. And now people are being saved and there's more um, Hmm. people coming to Christ because of me telling all my dirty stuff. And it was just a weird paradigm shift that I had to go through, a mindset shift that there was a God Hmm. that wasn't up there with his finger pointing down at me, but instead was like, 
put me in coach. I want to trade my power for your weakness. And it was just like, oh, it was like this new, I, 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 like a new God had resurfaced. Mm-hmm. God's like, no, no, no. I have a plan for you and a direct connection to you through my son, Jesus. And I want to do so many great things through you and through your brokenness. Mm-hmm. And I look up now, I'm like, I'm always talk about my brokenness now. Mm-hmm. What were some like tactical things that you did in that journey? Because I mean, mm-hmm. you surround yourself with yeah. people and you can do all of those things, but what are some like day-to-day things? Oh man, yeah, absolutely. I mean, counseling. Like I would yeah. shout it from the rooftops. We have three, four counselors in our household. My daughter has a counselor. <laughs> My husband has a counselor. I have one, and then we have a marriage counselor. And like, I just would shout it from the rooftops over and over and over again. Get mm-hmm. counseling. Go to counseling. Mm-hmm. Go to counseling. Mm-hmm. You should go to counseling. Yeah. <laughs> um, it you know, and it wasn't just about sitting there telling all that happened and it was doing the work yeah my counselor assigned me specific things so long insecurity was a big one for me yeah beth moore's study on chronic insecurity how to heal that spiritually is he was huge turning point for me emdr was big for me trauma treatments eye movement rapid desensitization it's it's a technique that you use that therapists use with it's kind of interesting so you go google it emdr but it's what it does is it addresses the brain synapses that yep. are broken through trauma and helps yep. them reattach this is the best way that i've heard to explain to you aside from that incredible mm-hmm. thing that you just gave was that <laughs> our lives are like bookshelves yeah and you know if we have our bookshelf all together it's just perfectly all in line yeah. what happens typically in our life when we go through trauma is that a little book comes out it just goes beep it's just a little bit and what happens is all of our relational experiences emotional experiences are now done through the filter of now this riff. And if another piece of trauma happens and there's just a little another another book pulled out, there's another riff. And so what EMDR does is it goes back and it just boop, pushes them back back in in. Mm -hmm. so that you can start to experience life in a way that's a little less filtered through trauma. Wow. Um, And so that's what I did. that God has revealed in the last centuries, (laughs) the last decades have been huge for us so we can take advantage of these things. Absolutely. So those were some of the things. Counseling for sure, EMDR, and then of course, Mm -hmm. uh, friendships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I needed to be fully known. Mm -hmm. We get on platforms as Christian leaders and we hide. Mm -hmm. We hide that those parts of us. And um, I had to get some friends that sat with me and said, I want to know everything. Yeah. And I want to love you in it and through it. And so I really had to be known by some people. One thing that I, I think happens a lot is we are broken people. And yeah. Erin yeah. has shared her story. I've shared my story. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. And it's it's not the brokenness that we're lifting up sure. and celebrating that this is what you know, this is the greatest thing, but, yeah. but God's presence in mm, the brokenness 100%. and his, his redemption and acceptance of yeah. the brokenness and his recreation of the brokenness yes. is the story. And, yeah. and I think a lot of us feel like, well, I'm never going to be fixed enough, if yeah. you will, to be used, whether it's in big M ministry or yeah. small M ministry, just my day to day. You know, what do you say to that woman who's, who's just gone, I'm just now recognizing yeah. all the cracks in my being that I've tried to pretend like aren't there. Yeah. What do you say to her? Well, I think the first thing we have to address is where that comes from. We say this on the blog all the time. It's, you know, the world has lied to us and told us that we had to be perfect to be used. Mm-hmm. And media, social media, I mean, it is just this like, embodiment of perfection and I would just say that the truth is God wants to use us in the middle of our mess it's it's Paul and what he's saying to the church when they are 
you know, uh, kicking people out of the church and, mm-hmm. and they're being boastful about all that they have. It's him in Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. He says that God's telling us, my grace is sufficient for you mm-hmm. and your story and your mess and all your stuff. Mm-hmm. And my power is made perfect in your weakness. Mm-hmm. But it's the response that we get to have to that truth. And therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. Why? So that Christ's power will rest on me. Mm -hmm. He wants to come into that space, but he, you know, is a sovereign God and he's a a gentle God and he's jealous for us, but he's also respective of our space and what we will allow for him to come in. And so when we invite God into that space and when we boast about our weakness, he's like, oh, yeah, come on. Mm -hmm. I've been waiting. I want to just give you all my power, daughter, son. And, um, if there was not a time, I think this is the best time to get on the bandwagon of vulnerability. Shout mm-hmm. out to Brene Brown for bringing mm-hmm. that wave so hard yeah. and strong. But I, th- I think this is the time to walk boldly in it and be unashamed and fearless in this like we are broken mm-hmm. and we yeah. got to get it out there so that we can see God's power do something great in it. That's beautiful, Tony. Would you say that um, in the midst of kind of healing, doing all these tactical things. Yeah. When you start to expose that, because you talk about vulnerability, yeah. when you start to be vulnerable and you start to expose it, you do start to feel unlovable because everything starts to become mm, exposed. Sure, sure. And it's hard sometimes to believe or even wrap our minds mm-hmm. around the fact that God sees us and he hears us and that he loves us when sure. we are exposing everything. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. This is really big for me in counseling yeah. because for 25 years, again, I like pushed everything right under just put it all under there and just mm-hmm. tuck it down there mm-hmm. and then shove it down mm-hmm. um yeah. mm-hmm. i did that for so long mm-hmm. yeah. i mean so i never and then I'm jump like, on a little bit harder I'm like, yeah. oh, stay in there. cut off the pieces that try stay to come out. in there yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. um just double stick tape i know right <laughs> glue it down what most people don't talk about is when you start to expose those traumas what comes with it anxiety yeah because then you're now you're aware of it. Yes. I'm putting names to emotions. Yes. I'm feeling, I'm allowing mm-hmm. myself to feel everything. Yeah. And so then you feel even more broken. Yeah. It was, you know, in those moments, you're, you're almost just like, well, should I just not have said anything at all so I yeah. could keep, you know, stuffing it down? Yeah. yeah. Um, because it, you function really well when you yes! stuff it all down. L- literally. And you, and you kind of get numb mm-hmm. to the trauma a little mm-hmm. bit. But as Brene Brown yeah. says, mm-hmm. You cannot experience the highest level of joy Mm-mm. without allowing yourself to experience the highest level of pain. Mm-hmm. And what worked for me, my counselor said, when you ex- open yourself up to all this trauma, it's as if you're opening up a bucket and you're just letting it all fly out. Well, when there's so much of it, the top comes off and the bottom does too. So mm-hmm. what happens is when like the good stuff starts getting put back into your bucket, your heart, your emotions, yeah. your, your life in general, the bottom is still open. Mm. And so then it just falls out. Mm. And so you can't, it's like, it's almost hard to rebuild and mm. to believe in yourself That's again. Good. That's good. Yeah. So she says that we got to work on not just putting good stuff in the bucket, but sealing the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. And in order to seal the bottom of it for us as believers, we believe that's the foundation piece. Mm-hmm. We got to figure out the truth of what God's mm-hmm. saying to us yeah. so that we could build the bottom back. Mm-hmm. So yeah. then when my husband says to me, I know that you don't feel lovable, but I, I'm choosing you and your daughter and I'm choosing you after you've had a divorce. I'm choosing you after sexual and verbal and physical abuse. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still choosing you because yeah. I love you and you're beautiful. It doesn't just fall out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That it can stick in because of God's foundational truth in our lives. And so that was just, yeah. And Tony, just to be 
so gentle here. Yeah. It takes time. Oh, yes. You know, when, when we discover our brokenness, when we yeah. identify it yeah. and choose to just gently pry the lid off or pop it off, you yeah. know, and we come out and the bottom goes out too. It takes time. Oh, years. To heal and learn <laughs> and permission yeah. and grace. Yes. And because, you know, I think in, in a conversation that we could have spent 29 hours in, you know, yeah. when we're doing 20 minutes in or something, I don't ever want to give anybody the impression that it's just one, two, three. No. I dream a genie and you're done. You know, yeah. that just doesn't happen. That's it takes really time. good. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. It's, it, it's real. Yeah. I'm 28. I'm three years removed from my first counseling session. If I were to just be real, I just feel stabilized. Mm. Yeah. Like just now, working through the anxiety, getting the calm, weighted blankets, <laughs> yeah. going, you know, meditation, like trying to like all yeah. the sleep sounds. Mm-hmm. I, I, and Aaron <laughs> yeah. can attest to this. Like, mm-hmm. I just now feel like stable. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I know God. He's my rock. Mm-hmm. I know what he says about me. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I still have my moments mm-hmm. when I'm like, am I safe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, there's a there's a guy. He's looking after me. Mm-hmm. He's looking after my daughter. Mm-hmm. There are still moments when I can feel the anxiety rise up at night, or in, in a short nap. It, just a small little moments. Yeah. I'm like, oh gosh, am I going to be able to go to sleep? Am I going to be? I'm really tired. If I don't go to sleep, that I mean, it's just it's the daily day walk. Yeah. And um, again, it, it was the, the moment with Beth Moore where it's like it could potentially not get easy, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. That just goes to show. The power yeah. of us being vulnerable yeah. and just going, it's it's going to be hard. Like, it's okay yeah. that it's hard. Okay. That mm-hmm. gives you permission to walk mm-hmm. into and, sure. and expose those sure. places. 100%. Yeah. Right? And that's what you do. Yeah. With broken crayons still color. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and you use that. I just love it. I get so excited. Yeah. We um <laughs> have this cool little ministry with a team of uh, four, including myself, who are just on a mission to create a space for the broken but hopeful woman. Mm. Um, and that's what we press into. Uh, we're like, hey, we can be broken, girls. Yeah. But there's got to be hope. Mm-hmm. We got to chase after the hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where the redemption comes in. But uh, right. And so we have a blog and um, we do kind of series format style where we pick a series. Aaron's mm-hmm. written on the series and we write about it for three weeks and we ask questions and we put hard things cool. out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have biblical truth and sounding. And right now we're in this relationship series and we, we partnered with some just incredible, like married women that are just bossing it out to give our, hopefully our women, our readers, just some little nuggets on how to be in a marriage and yeah. be broken mm-hmm. and how to, you know, pray about a marriage that you're not in yet. And so it's it's just weird. It's fun. Mm-hmm. We've, we've done series on closeness and series on God's vision for our lives. And so it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. I can't even believe it. So I get to lead this team mm-hmm. yeah. and we're just like rallying the troops. We're like, come on. Yeah. Um, and the reason why we started and the reason why we got a team is because I just didn't feel like my story was powerful enough <laughs> to change mm-hmm. this narrative in our world that mm-hmm. you to be perfect to be used. Mm-hmm. And so our, our hope is that women would come out and be like authentically open and broken and hopeful in the middle of that. And then it would like start this snowball effect mm-hmm. where other women feel safe cool. enough to tell theirs yeah. and they run to Jesus. T- take just a minute, yeah. a minute right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. And talk to that woman who is a broken crayon, oh, crayon man, and tell cry. her that she can still color. Just tell speak her. straight to her. Oh, just a few she can still yeah. color. I would just say, uh, you're just more than enough. Mm-hmm. You're more than enough. Mm-hmm. 
you and God have gotten everything that you need to make it through this season. Mm-hmm. He's never left you. He has his hand on mm-hmm. you. He is literally sitting on the sidelines of your life saying, put me in. Mm-hmm. Don't hold on to that. Don't carry that yourself. I want to carry that burden with you. And not only do I want to carry it, but I want to redeem it in you. And I, I want you to write a new story. He's saying, I loved you right in the middle of the brokenness. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use you right in the middle of it. And uh, I'm with you in the valley. I'd also say my, my friend Paul Taylor Smith says this all the time. He says, we, we serve a God who's not at the end of the tunnel waiting to be the light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we serve a God that's in the tunnel with us, mm-hmm. guiding our footsteps. And so I just hope that you you know that um, you can still color. God still wants to make something beautiful in you. Jesus often described himself as light in the darkness. And his light brings life, even in our tunnels of darkness. He is the light. Yes, he is For anyone who wants to look through the talking points of today's show, the show notes are available in the podcast description. We've also included the verses mentioned, and we've included a link to Tony's blog, Broken Crayons, Still Color. The show notes also contain a link to sign up for the God Hears Her newsletter, featuring helpful articles and stories from women just like you and me who are discovering what it means to be seen and heard by God. Thank you for joining us. And don't forget... God hears you, he sees you, and he loves you because you are his. Today's episode was engineered by Ann Stevens and produced by Daniel Ryan Day and Mary Jo Clark. And we also want to give a shout out to Candace and Lynn for their help in creating and promoting the God Hears Her podcast. Thank you, friends. God Hears Her is a production of Our Daily Bread Ministries.